All right, if you guys have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 411 today. That's where we're going to be. So, and if you guys would, in your, in your song sheets, you have this prayer. If you guys would pray this opening prayer, and then I will read for us uh, the scripture, and then we'll get into it. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Teach us to see your kingdom or let it sorry, let us see your kingdom anew and let our desires be to seek you and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. I like keeping you guys on your toes, I guess. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 4, 11. Then Jesus was baptized. Uh, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Holy, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and their hands. They will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So today we look at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus here on earth. At this point, he's about 30 years old. In what we have the account of, uh, we have three years that Jesus does all this. And we get to look like what the start of his journey is. As followers of Jesus, not just for Jesus, but for followers as well, because us as Christians, we seek God's kingdom first. And in this, we get to follow the ways of Jesus for all of our ways. And Jesus started his ministry, we see it here, with baptism in water and of the Holy Spirit. And he, then he goes through a process of testing. And this testing is what we're going to look at today. As Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, the last words that were in his ears would have been, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. 
And this is not insignificant. If we think well-pleased, we think, okay, now here all of a sudden we just usher you right into this moment of glory. And instead, Jesus was taken into the wilderness. And as we look at Jesus' trials and temptations, it's good to be reminded of what he heard and what he believed before he goes through some things. This is my beloved son with whom I am well-pleased. That Even perfectly abiding in God's love doesn't mean that we won't be led into a desert at times. It doesn't mean that we won't go through hard periods where we're tempted to walk away from God's love. Because we can see this here in Jesus. But God's love is made available for us. And we will see that the best picture of this, the wisest picture of this, is in Jesus' life. Because Jesus is loved and that never gets questioned and God's love never leads him, leaves him. And we need to be reminded of this too, because it's always good to be reminded that God loves us. Amen? So Jesus went from hearing that he is beloved right into his 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and praying in the desert. In this, Jesus had to hold on to the fact that he was loved. He had to hold on to it. It's through the steadfast love of the Lord. And that's the steadfast love of the Lord is what the Psalms teach us to pray over and over and over again that saw Jesus through this fasting as well as this attack from Satan. Jesus held on to the fact that he is loved by God and he never let go of that. And that's a good reminder for us as we walk on this journey that we have with Christ that we are loved by God that his love is steadfast and it never ends. As we get into these verses, I want to quickly look at the word tempted. Because I don't think the English really does his justice like many words. The word is pirazo, which I'll leave the translation up to you. You can look it up when you get home. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't speak Greek, but it has a twofold meaning. And the difference of the meaning in the word is stemmed from the motive of the one who issues it. The two two meanings are this. Number one, to put to test or to test somebody, to see what they know, to see what they're made of, to test them. The other is to tempt them to do something wrong, to tempt them to do something wrong. So one meaning is to examine. The other meaning is to trap. That's what this word tempted in the scriptures mean. This twofold word has meaning uh, because we just saw that Jesus is loved and then he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, I'm not a scholar, but I read books written by scholars, right? And they suggest that Jesus was sent in the wilderness to be tested by God. And then in that moment, or in those moments, he was tempted by the devil. And this is interesting because God's testing, what does it intend to do? It intends to strengthen us. It intends to make us resolved to follow him and it grows and strengthens our faith as we learn to hold on to the things that he is asking us to hold on to. It's actually a good thing. In fact, it's a great thing that we get to do. It is uh, being tested is like a spiritual exercise that in God's grace teaches us to hold on through all things. Not just the good and not just the bad, but through all things. And we've already prayed today that God would lead us not into temptation, right? But deliver us from evil. 
And God does that. And we can pray that with the Psalms and with much of Scripture, that God would look at our hearts, that he would test our hearts, that he would make sure that our hearts and minds and our ways are on him at all times. We can do this. We can pray. We can search, have God search our hearts. And God knows us. And he says he's never going to give us anything above and beyond what we can handle. So God's testing intends to strengthen us, as it intended to strengthen Jesus as well. So Jesus, though, we can see he takes no shortcuts in following God. It's not an easy path. It's not just, uh, it's not baptism and then King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Is he? Yes, absolutely he is. But it doesn't appear that way for the kingdoms of earth. The path that Jesus takes is often hard-fought, hard-won obedience to what God has for him. And this is the way of Jesus for you and me. We are often tempted to feel unloved because we go through trial. Amen? Like, oh God, where are you? Do you not like me? But this is not the case. God is allowing us to become stronger in our faith in him. That is why we are tested for the sake of strength, because God loves us and he wants us to rely on him and lean on him and trust him, not just for the things we already trust him in, but for everything else. And Jesus, in his obedience, does this perfectly. So when we talk about the strength of the Lord, we want the strength of the Lord. That means it's his strength, not our own. Amen. So in this, we meet Jesus at the beginning of his 40 days, of fasting in the desert, and then at the end. We don't see the 40 days in between. But I love to fast, and, I, uh, and I've done some extended fast, nothing even close to uh, 40 days. I think I usually uh, tap out around day three and a half, maybe four sometimes. It's just not, it's not good. So Jesus has got 10 times better than me for sure. But, uh, but there's a point in fasting when you are hungry. And when I say hungry, it's like, like you would, if someone served you up cardboard salad, you'd be like, thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to eat this, right? Every food that you, that you thought of and you smell makes you feel weaker and more willing to give in to anything, a meal, a snack, or if you walk into like a place and they have a candy jar, you're like, oh man, that's the best candy in the world. And every, um, and not only that, but I know sometimes when Mo and I are fasting, you go through and you just look for pictures of food and you think about what you want to eat when you do this. I do it too, Mo, not just you. So, um, so after 40 days, Jesus, I'm going to assume hunger was an understatement for him. He, he was being uh, strengthened, but even in this, it was a moment of real physical weakness. He was hungry. He was very hungry. And oftentimes in these moments, when we feel the weakest, when we feel the weakest, Satan attacks. Now he does attack when we're strong too. Sometimes he'll just come at you when you're feeling good and he'll attack you and, and he'll try and take you out right then and there just to say, oh yeah, you think you're on your high horse? I'm going to knock you down. But oftentimes it's in moments when we feel weakness that Satan attacks, when Satan tempts us. The devil is sneaky. 
He's sneaking along and he seems to know the best times that might work for each and every one of us. Our great enemy knows when to attack us. You know why? The devil comes to what? Steal, to kill, and to destroy. His tactics have been well tried over the, over the period that he's been on earth and they're well crafted uh, from his years of tempting people away from the worship of God and away from Jesus. And here, Satan is trying to lure Jesus away from God. Satan always offers idols that pose as good things. They pose as good things. Like here, we're going to see him. Hey, do you want bread? You haven't eaten in 40 days. Is bread not a good thing? It is a good thing. Hey, I'm going to you know, show you that angels are protect you. Do we not want angels to protect us? Yes, we do. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus ruled the entire world? Amen. These are all good things. But if Jesus did it the way that Satan wanted and worshiped Satan instead of God, it would destroy because that's what idols do. They destroy and they would destroy our worship in God. But what God meant to strengthen us, Satan uses to tempt us. It can and is often the same event, the same occasion, the same situation. And we get to stand guard like Jesus does. I want to be clear. The tempting is allowed by God, but it is not God who is tempting Jesus. Satan is tempting. The devil is tempting. The Holy Spirit leads us to worship of God and our creator in a deeper trust in Jesus through times of testing to strengthen us. And yet while we're being strengthened by God, we can also be tempted by the one who wants to destroy us. So we need to stand on guard. And as we see Jesus is alone and he's hungry, a perfect storm to give into temptation. The perfect storm for just giving in. And Satan tempts Jesus three times, or at least with three things in this section. And Jesus retorts. He pushes back against Satan with Scripture, which is why we go back a few weeks when we talked about this, why it's so important to be in Scripture, to know Scripture, to read it, study it, pray it. And we can to seek it out and seek what God knows and what God says and what God means and what His heart is saying to us. Because there are times when we need to quote Scripture because Satan knows Scripture as well. He doesn't use it right. He doesn't use it right. But he uses it nonetheless to try and get us, to trick us and tempt us away from Jesus. Last week, we read this in Matthew 3, verse 9, that John the Baptist, when he was talking to the Pharisees, he said this. He said, he said, you think you're children of Abraham? God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. And here, so that's a good thing. That would be a thing that John the Baptist said that God can do. And here we see Satan saying that God can make these stones into bread which, as far as miracles goes, seem easier than having them become children, right? Like, he can make these stones bread. And here we can see this, that Satan is tempting Jesus with provision. He's tempting Jesus with provision. He's in essence saying, look, your God hasn't provided for you. You've been out here 40 days and 40 nights. Why don't you just go ahead and make the food? Why don't you go ahead and make the food? God's not going to do it for you. And you need to eat at some point, Jesus. 
And over and over again, we read in Scripture that God will provide for our what? Daily bread. That God has more than enough for us. That it's not, he's not, uh, that we won't ever go without our needs met. That doesn't mean we get all our wants and it doesn't always feel like we get all our needs met, but we'll never go without. And Jesus was being tempted to believe that God is not rich like he says he is, that he is poor and he doesn't have enough to feed Jesus. And that God would not be enough and that he, would, he should just take matters into his own hands and command these rocks to become bread. And Jesus says this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is where Jesus knows Scripture, not just the words, but the very heart of God that speaks him. He knows that God says over and over again that he will provide. And in this moment, of Jesus being weak and hungry and tired, Jesus trusted the word of God. He didn't take matters into his own hands. He trusted that God will provide, that he will do what God said he would do. And Jesus doesn't need the devil's bread and neither do we. Amen? He needs to trust that God will provide and we get to do the same. That is what the Holy Spirit is asking of Jesus to do. And that is what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do, to trust that God will provide. And Jesus knows this. And what does he do? He doesn't turn those rocks into bread. He follows God's leading and he goes on and he keeps walking. Do you imagine it to be hard? He was just tempted with food. But Jesus trusts that God will provide. And I don't know where each one of us is at or what he's asking us to trust him for. But I do know where we are tempted to pick it up and do it ourselves, to make it happen on our own behalves. And when God asks you to trust that he will provide, this is not a ploy to be lazy. This is not an excuse. It's a ploy to discern what God has for you. And that will lead to greater worship when God does provide. When we get, we get to trust God for provision rather than taking matters into our own hands. This is what God wants for us. Amen. He wants us to trust that he will provide like he has told us he will and he's done for us countless other times. The second temptation that Jesus uh, has Satan telling him to jump from a high point in the temple. Satan did say, he quoted scripture, he did say God will protect you. But again, the tempter was wanting to destroy Jesus. God's protection for Jesus involved him not jumping from a great height. Wisdom that God's wisdom in this case was God's protection. Right? And Jesus said, "You shall not put the Lord God to the test." We don't test God. We don't test God. God is greater than gravity. Amen. He made gravity. He's the one who put it into play. He uses gravity for his purposes. And Jesus knows this. He knows that he's not going to jump off the top of a tall building because God doesn't want to destroy him in this way. Jesus knows what would happen if he jumped. Instead, he uses the wisdom that God gives him to not jump. Knowing that God has already given him protection. It's already built in. He's given him protection. And Jesus answers, in essence, saying that God has already protected him. 
He doesn't need to test God in this way. He gets once again to place his trust in God, his loving father, that God will not only provide, but he will protect because that's what God does. You guys have heard me say over the years, and I've said it often, that you can lock the doors of your house, but it's ultimately God who protects your home. And this is 100% true. However, in some cases, God gives us wisdom to put a lock on the door and maybe an extra lock. And there are times when God would use that wisdom to protect us. At the heart of these temptations is trust. Do we trust God? Do we trust that... um, Do we need to test them at every turn? Do we need to see, okay, God, here's another thing we're going to test you in. That is what the devil would have us do. Get us to test God in everything. Because there's some things that God's not asking us to do. And if we just go ahead and do them, it's not going to go well for us. But we do get to trust that God gives us wisdom. And he oftentimes uses that wisdom to lead us. It, always, it doesn't need to always be a miracle, so to speak. Sometimes it can just be ordinary because God does use natural means. And that doesn't mean that even in those natural means that it wasn't God who protected us. It was. God does protect us. He is our shield and we get to hide behind him. So just as Jesus our, our, uh, is our provision and our protection, it comes from God the creator who loves us. And so I pray that we may use wisdom that he gives us. And when we don't have it or we don't feel like we have it, we get to ask him for that wisdom. Amen. The last temptation that we see here is Satan offers the whole world if Jesus would just worship Satan. It seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Like all of a sudden he's like, okay, here's this loaf of bread. That's a good thing. Now jump off this building. Now all of a sudden worship me. It's like Satan's getting dumber in his temptations because as soon as Satan says the whole world will be yours if you just worship me, this is what Satan wanted all along. To take Jesus' trust away from God and have Jesus put his trust in Satan because as he would put his trust in Satan, it would destroy him. He wanted Jesus to not trust God and not worship God because he knows that Jesus, as he trusted God, that worship for God would come. And Jesus tells him, Satan, be gone. Be gone. And here is the heart of the whole text. And sometimes we get to learn to live by. We shall worship the Lord our God and do what? Serve him only. Only. Trust and worship are the heart of the matter. God wants us to trust him because as we trust him, we're going to worship him. If we trust God and worship him, we will serve him because of his great love for us. The Holy Spirit was leading Jesus this entire time through these 40 days and 40 nights and after. And Jesus was attentive to the Holy Spirit and he obeyed what the Holy Spirit had for him. Jesus trusted and he worshiped God. And that's what we get to do. And this is what we get to be about. We get to trust God and worship him. And we get to worship him with joy. And we get to praise his name. You know why? Because he's holy and he's worthy. And we get to worship him. It's an honor, not just not a duty, right? It's an honor that we get to worship Jesus. And one thing that I love here is that we set it up with this idea that 
The gifts that God gives to Jesus, we get too. Why? Because our lives are hidden in Christ, right? So this same Holy Spirit that led Jesus through the desert to be tested so his faith can be strengthened, Jesus left us this Holy Spirit for a gift. This Holy Spirit that Jesus let, that led Jesus into the wilderness to be strengthened for ministry that God has for him, and this Holy Spirit led Jesus, sustained him, and I pray and strengthened him. And I pray that we may be strengthened by God in the same way, that we may be led by the Holy Spirit. I pray that we get to discern what the Holy Spirit is asking of us. Take some discernment. Take some time and some practice to listen. In, in not only what he's asking us to do, but also what he's asking us not to do. There are things that look good, that are tempting, but it's not what God has for us. Sometimes they'll even have Bible verses attached to them. And I pray that we may learn to trust God in every situation, in every turn. God wants our whole heart to be after him and trust him. And it, as we trust him, this will do what? It'll lead to worship. Not just in song, not just in prayers, but with our very lives in service to him. But I also pray that we may learn to say, be gone, Satan. Be gone when we are tempted. God will test us. Amen. He will try us, but this trial is for strengthening, and yet Satan wants to destroy us. So let us repent from the areas that we don't trust in God's provision. Let us repent for the areas where we don't trust in God's protection. Let us repent in the areas where we're not worshiping God alone. I pray that we may let go of our self-sufficiency, right? That we can do it ourselves. And let us repent from the areas where we don't trust in God's protection, because if God was not protecting us, who knows what might happen? And as we learn to trust, this will lead to worship. So as we get going in this life with Jesus, and Jesus' ministry starts, here's the things that he had. Baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, trust in Jesus' provision and his protection and worship of God. That's what he started his ministry with. And we need baptism, not just by water, but by the Holy Spirit. And we need to trust him, follow him for our provision, for our protection. And then in this, we may worship him as we learn to follow Jesus. So Jesus, please help us. Lord, we want to believe so bad, so will you please help our, the areas where we don't believe? Let us follow you, Lord. I know that sometimes we're in hard seasons. Let us follow you in those hard seasons. Let us learn to trust you and listen to you. Sometimes when we're in better seasons, help us keep our mind focused and sharp on you. Let us follow you. Let the Holy Spirit come and let us learn to hear and listen and receive from the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.